Hello, and welcome to Kickout 299. My name is Rachel, who is currently missing Shotaro Ashino's shiny red big match panties. And I'm Alicia. And we have another interview coming your way. This is the second in our series following our fantastic interview with Jesse, which you can find on Spotify, iTunes, or Podbean. In this episode, we talk to Smiley, who talks with us about Wrestle One, All Japan, and all the incredible work he puts into archiving Wrestle One and keeping it alive for fans both new and old to enjoy. We're in an age of mass information, but also we are facing an information crisis as things become lost to copyright and server crashes. Things come and go so quickly and easily, especially in the turbulent landscape of ProResu. And without a consistent and reliable archive, a lot of old matches and even entire promotions can become lost to time. It's a deeply sad thing for a lot of wrestling fans. So Smiley's work in making a free and dedicated archive for Wrestle One's body of work after the promotion's closure really spoke to us. We were both really excited that he agreed to do this interview so we could talk about that work, discuss his favorite Wrestle One wrestlers, their legacies, and just in general, spread a little bit of Pures love. So without further ado, let's get into it. So Smiley, why don't you tell us a little bit about you? So um, my name's Smiley, but everyone calls me Smiley. Uh, I'm a big wrestling fan, been watching it pretty much all my life. Uh, Made to talk about my, my, my love, my, my biggest love, my wrestle one. As, as uh, you two can see, I'm repping them loud and proud. So yeah, uh, here to talk about all things, uh, everyone, maybe before, after, what they're doing now, their thoughts, stuff like that. And also my wrestle on archive. Excellent. Where are you from? So I'm. I live in the UK. I've been here all my life. Uh, my family migrated, say about three, uh, about fifty years ago. So, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. And where can people find you on social media? How do they contact you? So um, you can find me on Twitter and maybe Instagram as well at smiley underscore nineteen thirty two. Excellent. That's smiley underscore 1932 to get in touch with and follow smiley, which you will for all W1 and all Japan takes among other things. Absolutely worth it. hundred percent to just drop in and get some, some really good information, really good resources. So how did you get into pro wrestling and puro resu? So um, I used to watch like wrestling as a kid. So mainly WWE. Um, I had a bit of a break from, say, 2010 to 2012. Didn't really watch it, but followed it. And then, say, 2015-ish, my friends watched um, Wrestle Kingdom 9, so they recommended that to me. Watched that like that. And then 2016, I was sort of, like, sick and tired of WWE, so watched Wrestle Kingdom 10. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to head in this direction. And then since then, nonstop, just here, there, everywhere. Uh, we've got the Japanese promotions, so. Yeah, I'll say because Wrestle One isn't exactly on uh, everybody's radar uh, back yeah. then, not not at all. So that's definitely yeah. here, there, and actually, everywhere. It's definitely right. Yeah, actually, the way they they are so so live the 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 first show that I watched because TNA and Wrestle One had a uh, working relationship. So I watched TNA Bound for Glory, and obviously that was in 
Oricon Hall with the restaurants or that's basement for show, uh, Japanese show that I watched. So yeah. That's so interesting. That was like your connection to them was like that TNA side of things first. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So obviously I watched the TNA. That show wasn't exactly good, but obviously I remember some of the people like uh, <laughs> like um, Kansayashi, uh, Muto, obviously. Uh, I remember Sanada. So yeah. Yeah. And what about W1 from there stood out to you compared to other pro promotions that you were watching and sort of getting into what made you such a passionate supporter of their wrestling specifically? So obviously like when you have, you have a new Japan, you have your angles, no one, uh, all Japan, they sort of focus more on the wrestling side of things. So like say there's a champion at the end that someone will come and challenge him because they've been them before. Like wrestle one was more, um, like it was like a perfect balance between Japanese and American wrestling for me so was, there were storylines like even like the little undercard matches so like the young boys and I don't know uh, like Ryuji Hijikata for example obviously they'd want to beat him to prove that they're stronger so stuff, little stuff like that is like every little thing matters so it's one of those yeah that's interesting because I was just like I was really refreshing my memory on W1 stuff leading up to talking to you and I was reading this quote from Muto when he was asked to talk about um, what W1 style was going to be. And this is when he was like really starting to, you know, go into the press and talk about W1. And he called it fighting entertainment. He wanted it to be yeah. more entertainment based than yeah. All Japan, which he had just left and he was kind of leaving All Japan in sort of chaos. Um, so it's interesting that that's what in the end is was the appeal to you is that really the blend of the two more than some of the yeah. more traditional aspects of other pro companies. Yeah. yeah, that yeah. really <laughs> stood out to me too that you had said that you had said that I was like, oh, that works perfectly in what Alicia was just telling me about. And um, it's really cool that that's sort of the base of your fandom. And uh, speaking of your fandom, you're also a really, really big fan of uh, the unit that Inception was in Wrestle One uh, on Font yeah. Reed. Yeah, yeah, so that always makes me really uh, happy. Could you tell us a little bit about them, their Inception, their influence? So um, basically, so Shotaro Ashino got injured, say, mid-2016. Um, so he had a restaurant grand pretty much. He had to forfeit because his leg was basically messed and he couldn't um, carry on. So he came back in December, basically a changed man. And then he challenged uh, his um, stable leader, Masayuki Kono, Kono, for the wrestler championship. He beat him and then he beat Shuji Kondo, who was also in the unit uh, the month after. And then he was teaming with um, Sego Tachibana, who he trained. And so they were teaming for a bit. And then around, I think it's July 2017, uh, Yusuke Kodama, he betrays the New Era faction, which is like the, like say, um, like the New Japan Army version of Wrestle One or something, of the young guys. So he betrayed him and he joined uh, Ashinon Tachibana. So they formed in August 2017. They're sort of like... They're your heels, but it's just one of those. They, they're all so good. You have to just, you can't, you can't dislike them. You like him like Ashno at the start. He's a star. Kodama is just like, you look at his tights, Eddie Guerrero, you think of him, he's got the drop kick, everything. Tachibana's like a sleazy, funny character. So yeah, and then they carried on. And then they added um, uh, Kenichira Arai, but he was like, like I was saying, the little feuds, him and he posed as drunk Andy Wu. Um, so Andy Wu's a match wrestler in restaurant, so they had a little feud there. And then 
I think it was April 2018. So it was Hojido and Kuma Or if you watch All Japan Pro Wrestling, known as um, Kuma Arashi. So they lost their tag belts. And then obviously Kuma Goro was like pissed off because they lost the six man tag belts like a month earlier. So he turned on him. And then that was like the core four. But then like I think a month or two later, Ashino got a bit of Tachibana. So it was then Ashino, Kodama, Kumarashi, and um, Kenichiro Arai till the end, basically. It's a lot of movement going on in the unit. Yeah. Definitely keeps things uh, fresh, keep things exciting. Yeah. So that's always really good to see with factions. Sometimes people get into that sort of rut with factions and they don't really change they just stay the same so it's a very different you've got that ideology we actually have a uh, episode in the works about factions and about sort of the ethos that surrounds them and enfance is just a really really good one for that but what about the faction made them stand out to you because that's what makes them stand out to me but i want to know why they drew you in uh they just as a unit like if you watch their matches like their tie moves the way they flow, everything about them just like seems, you know, stars, all of them. Even like, say, Tachibana, even if he was like, sort of like a rookie, if you look at him, he's got like that sleazy, he wears those glasses, his hair's permed back. Um, sometimes he would wear that, like, if you played um, GTA Vice City, Balance Vance, he's got that pink suit or purple suit, yeah. so he'd wear that <laughs> as well. So it's like, it's not your typical faction where, oh, uh, everyone's just in all black and no, no one says a thing or stuff like that. They're all very charismatic. Um, and like, even in their matches, like, um, I think Kojido and Kumarashi do it. But it's like when Kuma steps on the opponent and then Kojido pulls his nose, like they have those little moments. So uh, Ashino and Kumarashi used to do that as well. So it's like, they're badass, but they're fun at the same time. So it's like, there's just, it's flows so easy. Like you watch one match, you're like, yeah, these guys are my guys. Yeah, they, they're a bunch of weirdos. They really are. Uh, it was really interesting to watch the Inception and watch them sort of devolve into these weird, like especially Sego Tachibana, what you yeah. were saying. He starts out such a rookie, scruffy goodbye, and then slowly he just sort of uh, transforms. Yusuke Kodama is very good for that as well. Um, yeah. the, the lizardification, as I like to call it. Or um, zombie. Yeah, yeah. zombie. Zombie, zombie <laughs> eyes, yeah. That yeah, works. I guess it's probably more of a zombie. I always just call yeah. him my lizard man. <laughs> anyway, yeah, no, it, it's really, they're very animated in a in a lot of ways and reanimated apparently for Yusuke Kodama. Yeah. <laughs> and this is a big, broad question, Smiley, but what are some standout matches, feuds or storylines that anyone listening should go and check out that involve Enfants? Um, so I would start off with the Wrestle One Pro Wrestling Love 2017 show. So that has um, that has Ashino versus uh, Jiro Ikumen Kuroshio, who's in WWE now for the Wrestle One Championship in the main event. We also have Seigo Tachibana versus Takanori Ito, who's in great. They wrestle for the Wrestle One Result Championship, and on the same show, there's. Uh, Inaba versus Kodama in a special singles match but if you're basing on match quality alone I'd say Ashno Ikemen um, 
Ashinovis Manabusoya from March 2018. That one's I think that's probably the best wrestling one match ever. And the one that got me like a very like passionate about the wrestling was um Arm versus Strong Hearts. Even if it was like two months, that was just like the best two months ever, basically. <laughs> That's awesome that that feud stood out to you, especially since it was getting towards that end of Wrestle One, and that Enfant still sort of stood strong there at that end. How have you felt about Enfant's transition from Wrestle One to All Japan since Wrestle One closed its doors at the start of the pandemic? Um, I would say so. If you base it on like the empty arena shows that All Japan did, it was basically like. It was perfect because they came out strong against whoever, like um, against Jin, against um, Evolution, against uh, Miyahara and Francesco Kira. They were it was all it was all going good. I mean, the last one obviously Ashino lost to Suwama, um, then Kodama lost to Iwamoto, and Kumarashi lost to um, Jake Lee. Uh, after that, it was a bit 50-50. It's like potential is there but they don't want to do it maybe like push them just because obviously they're not like born and bred in all japan and maybe some wrestlers might not take it like in the best way i guess because no they've been fighting at all japan for a long time and maybe they didn't get the opportunities that Anfans might have got or something something along those lines yeah and a big storyline during the pandemic that um I think shook everyone. Um, I remember this night really well, actually, was <laughs> when um, Ashino was kicked out of Enfants and the remaining members of Enfants were um, inducted into a new group for Jake Lee called Total Eclipse. Um, how did you feel about this move, Smiley, as someone who was very dedicated to Enfants? What, yeah. what, like, what, did, what did you feel when that happened? Um, obviously, you know, I'm a big like fan of old Pampa wrestling, so it was like, one side is is good because you know Jake Lee. This is the the kick in the butt his career needs. You know he's been a bit stalling for about two years, especially with the pandemic. So it's like, oh, okay, now it's Jake's time. But at the same time, it's like, oh, okay, what's Ashino going to do now? I don't want it to be like Suama's uh, like right hand man or something. I wanted him, you know, obviously want him to be a big star. So hoping that they find the balance. I guess like obviously. Um, Jake won the Triple Crown, won the Champion Carnival, which is like the best moments of the year for me because I loved him. I wanted him to succeed. So, you know, it was good. And then obviously um, Kuma Arashi and uh, Koji Doi made it to Tag League Finals. I, wanted to, I was hoping they'd win, but, you know, maybe they're saving it for another day, which is a good thing. And obviously as well, uh, tonight's show, which is a couple of hours, it's going to be Kodama and uh, Hokuto Omori. So they won the Junior Tag Battle of Glory and they're going to be main eventing. So Junior's getting to main event uh, All Japan shows, not very rare. So, you know, I think the season coming together and, you know, on the good side, Ashino's World Tag Champion. So you know, hopefully, I think the balance they're finding it is just, um, there was a bit of a rocky first few months, especially for Ashino. I was a bit disappointed in his uh, Champion Carnival. I was expecting a bit more, but if, if it leads to what it's led to now, I'm, I'm okay with it. Yeah, definitely some hope, I think, on the horizon. it's I was also disappointed with this Champion Carnival run. I think that they've not really 
pulled the trigger on some meaningful rivalries between him and Jake, for example. Um, yeah. And I just don't think they've done enough in those areas where, when they really could have, but I definitely agree with you. It seems like the tide is starting to turn. Whereas for a little bit, it seemed really dicey. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a hot button topic. A lot of people cite uh, Ashino's booking as a uh, big gap, a big flaw in all Japan. So it's really interesting to hear you sort of talk about it and give sort of an optimistic, I wouldn't say an optimistic spin on it, but to uh, show the hope that things are improving and yeah. there is a way forward for them, for all of them, really, which is really yeah. good to hear. And I want to talk to you next, Smiley, about something that, I mean, this is when Rachel and I were talking about who we wanted to have on kick out and to, um, to talk to you. You were one of the first names that we brought up because of your um, work in archiving um, W1's shows. And this is so crucial because Rachel and I talk about all the time in our own research of things, especially around Noah, there are just so, and even in early all Japan, there are so many shows um, that we can't find. They're just not, on, they're not anywhere. Yeah. Um, the masters are not available to us. There's nothing on the internet. We, we can't find them. Um, so you know, archiving these these shows is really important. It's sort of becoming this like lost art. So much wrestling is just lost to time. And these promotions don't often own their own work. So they're not putting any of the effort into it um, to be able to restore and archive their own matches. But you're doing the incredibly important work of archiving W1 shows. And so I'm wondering right off the bat, what motivated you to start doing this work? Um, for me, obviously, you know how passionate I'm about Wrestle One. I wanted, um, but I didn't want people to forget about them. And obviously, say if they were to look back in like two, three years' time about a match and they wanted to watch it, I wouldn't want them to have to go to like YouTube or something where you have to create an account and stuff like that to find a match just like five minutes long. So I wanted to um, just create a place where everyone can watch whatever they want to watch for Wrestle 1 within the clickable button. That's really awesome. And it really is admirable work. I really cannot give you enough credit for what you do. It's really huge stuff. We were talking when we were talking about this topic, how a lot of things get lost, but we're still in this crisis of information. Uh, there's a lot of Twitter posts warning people not to use uh apps like Discord and things like that as archives of this information because it's all vol volatile. It could all crash, you know, open a forum, use the internet archive. But I don't think a lot of people actually use the archive and go to think, oh, I'll put it on to archive.org to keep it forever. So I really yeah. want to know, like, how did that come to you? How did you get that idea? Um, obviously, I think I just thought, maybe some people want to create their own. So I have a lot of people, obviously I buy tapes from people and then I refer those people that buy tapes from to other people, but it's like, um, I was hoping maybe if someone's like as passionate about wrestling as I am, they'd want to have, have it on like a, a hard drive or something as well. So I just wanted whatever, say whatever tidbits they wanted to watch, just have it available on your computer or hard drive. So it's just there. And obviously, um, it's just, so I have like three places where I upload it. So obviously, if one gets taken down, there's other backups. So it's just, you know, uh, better to be safe than sorry case, I guess. 
that's really important work. And it's an important message. We really need to keep that alive and preserved. And I really admire you for doing that and for thinking that through on a very uh, whole scale. That's really exciting to me. And Smiley, what are some of the upsides of the work that you do? And what are some of the challenges that you face when you're doing it? Um, so upsides, I would say like new people getting into Wrestle One. So like, for example, there's a guy called Saud. He messages me like about Wrestle One a lot. So it was like, um, he was just saying like, I remember I didn't even watch 2013 shows at that point. He was saying, oh, um, like Kai versus uh, Yasufumi Nakanawa away from the December 1st show. He was saying that's one of the best matches I've seen. I was like, I need to watch this then. Um, uh, what else is there? So just different uh, people asking me, like, why does this happen? Stuff like that. Um, where can I find this show? Uh, I'd say the challenges is like time management. I'm, I'm, as a person, my time management is not the best. So um, it's just um, sometimes like shows can take a bit long to download. And sometimes like the longer shows I have to, uh, I'll download them in two parts and then I have to merge them together. And sometimes like that application that I use, sometimes, you know, it is, isn't always top notch. So, you know, it's a bit frustrating, but um, I feel like as long as people are watching are happy, I'm, I don't mind. That's really good. I don't want to ask, so where does it end? But... <laughs> I guess the whole idea is to keep Wrestle One alive so it doesn't yeah. end. But what are your goals for the project? Where do you envision it in the future? Um, okay, so my plan is to finish it this year because Gaura's finished the 2018 shows now. So I have all of the 2018 shows. I think they're going to plan, they're going to air the 2019 shows now. But obviously, they're not doing it in January. So I'm going to have to wait till February for like another two shows. So that's the frustrating part, but um, obviously is to get every single show and maybe do like little projects. So I was thinking of like, everyone love their VTR promos. So maybe like a playlist of all of them, hopefully. Um, the championship matches, um, like maybe like, you know, Ash knows rookie matches or important matches, like his role to Wrestle 1 championship, um, like all his title defenses. And obviously, Maybe on a bit of a negative note, um, obviously it's a sad loss to professional wrestling like 2020 about Hannah Kimura. So I wanted to get all of her matches and then put on a playlist. So say fans who saw her in stardom and they never saw her wrestle one stuff, they can get to see that as well. Because like uh, there's some good stuff there. Like she's against people like uh, Hiroyo Matsumoto and then her and Asuka type team and they're badass. So, you know, you kind of got to watch that. So, yeah. That's great. That'll be so helpful for her fans and just for fans in general. I mean, that's the best part of the work that you do, Smiley. And, you know, speaking of just what people can do for you, I guess, I mean, how, how can people best support you in the work that you do? What is, what is most helpful for anyone listening or for Rachel and I, I mean, for all of us to help you in your work? Uh, this is going to sound weird, but I would say the best thing to do is not post the show links on say like Twitter and stuff, because just in case I don't want to take them down. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, if you are going to share it, just share it through DMs, because, you know, like I said before, better to be safe than sorry. So I don't want, you know, uh, Twitter, a Twitter bot finding it and then oh, my channel's gone and then all the YouTube videos are gone, stuff like that. So yeah. <laughs> 
totally understandable because I think that um, when I was getting Rachel into um, Enfance, I was like, oh, I have to show you all of these Ashino matches. And then when I went to pull them off of Daily Motion, they were all gone because they were gone in the purge of Daily Motion that happened like maybe a couple weeks prior to that. So it definitely yeah. happened. So don't post Smiley's links on your on your main. Yeah, we're we're 1990s tape traders now. That's what we're doing <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah. We're going yeah. old school. We're we're just trading them out uh, under the sleeve. Everything. So yeah. Yeah, maybe I'll get some VHSs soon. So that totally. would that would be that would be a really good vibe though for Russell. Yeah. Actually, I was thinking about it. I was thinking. About it. Yeah, like you got um, this where the streets have no name playing and it's yeah. just the VHS filter. That's that's perfect. <laughs> So speaking of, and I guess going into sort of the negative side, why did Wrestle One fail? It had that great vibe. It had this energy that no other did, but it couldn't last. So why did it fail? And what can other startup promotions learn from Wrestle One? Um, So I would say, say like 2013 or so, in a sense it was, perfect for what it needed to be, you know, established Kai, Sanada's there, as he's basically a second guy. You got uh, Yasufumi Nakanawe, he's looking good as a young up-and-comer. Um, I mean, obviously their plan was open weight, so there's uh, Minoru Tanaka and Shuji Kondo, they're taking on heavyweights and beating them. Um, Masayuki Kono is looking like a decent heel, but then 2014, it's a bit like, it's inconsistent, so it's like, at some part, it's too Americanized. So, like, um, I don't know if you know about like Man- uh, Manabu Soya. He basically joins Wrestle One in like 2014 and he's a matchmaker, so like a GM. You don't really see that in Puro. And no, obviously, it didn't really work. So, obviously, from then on, it was like it was a little silly little feud, like him and Kai. So, it's like, I don't know, um, uh, say it's like Vince McMahon versus John Cena in 2003. Like, what's the need? Just, you know, get him to. Be, I don't know, uh, Triple H and things like, I don't know. It's just, there was that. And then, like, the title, the top title switched hands so much times in, like, a short amount of time. So it's like, um, like, Kai wins it from Muto, gets the big win. And then he, he's squashed by Hideki Suzuki. And then, like, two months later, he shaves his head bald and all of a sudden he beats Hideki. And then a month or two later, he loses the title to Soya. So it's like, give the guy his run, but he never did. And, you know, that he was obviously the top guy. And if you don't present your top guy as a top guy, no one's going to believe him. So, yeah. But obviously, say, like, 2016-ish, end of 2016, 2020, um, obviously, that changes. But it's just, at that point, it was, like, too late, unfortunately, because... If you ask any Wrestle One fan, that's the best period. But you know, obviously, you know they couldn't make money, and you know what happened happened. So yeah. And what do you think W One's legacy is? Um, I think it's split into two parts. So you have like 2013 to 16. So it's like that's like how I mentioned they fumbled it with Kai. Like as most people say now, they fumbled the bag, basically. <laughs> uh, then. The second part is, you know, uh, the younger guys like Ashno, Doi, Inaba, Ikemen, 
uh, Kumar Rashi, they are center stage, you know, all their younger wrestlers who, like, they come up from that uh, training school, they come out of nowhere, that's how good they, you know, Kaz Hayashi and Shuji Kondo were as trainers, they come up and even in these little moments, they stand out to you no matter what, so, like, the last part is everyone's at least a good to, like, fantastic wrestler. Yeah, so continuing on that legacy train, I really want to talk about the Wrestle One alumni. Of course, we've already talked about Enfants and their current booking and where they are in All Japan, but let's walk through some of our other notable Wrestle One alumni and sort of talk about where they are now because there's a lot of really interesting stuff to cover there. So. I'll start off uh, with the top, no bias at all, I'm sure, from Alicia uh, there with uh, a, a wrestler she's actually a big fan of, and that's uh, Seiki Yoshioka. Hey. hey, Yoshioka, yeah. Love that guy. Honestly, if, um, if I was to show someone wrestling for the first time, he'd, he'd be like at the top of my list. Like That guy just moves so fast. Like, I was, Incredible. I know he went to Noah, but I was hoping like one little match in Dragon Gate against... Uh, Masato Yoshino to see who the real speed star is. I was hoping for that. But yeah, Yoshioka's, uh, he's actually like, how I was saying, Inaba, they like made their name in Wrestle 1. He's one of those as well. So like, obviously, you know how you mentioned the archive. Maybe if someone sees him in Nova, they saw him in Wrestle 1. Oh, he's a two-time Cruiser Division champion. I want to see some of his matches. So that's my aim, showcase him. And um, I'm hoping maybe this year he gets a long like a decent run with the GHE Junior Heavyweight Championship because he's too good to be seeing on the sidelines. Yeah, hard <laughs> agree. <laughs> we very have much agreed. Yeah, I really had a whole, uh, we had this whole big fantasy booking situation where Aleha, which is actually alumni as well, um, would win the title from Hayata when he challenged and out of nowhere, it'd be totally out of the blue. And then uh, Seiki would challenge at the Budokan. That was our yeah. dream. And we hung on to that as much as we could. But it's, yeah. it's still out there. It could happen. It could happen. He's got time on his side. So it's all It could happen. Yep. Now we have a July Budokan coming up. Mm-hmm. So yep. the dream of Seiki getting a belt back is still still alive at the Budokan yep. this year. Instead of, um, instead of us doing uh, Muto GHC like we did for a bit, we'll do a Yoshioka GHC Jr. The hashtag, obviously. Yeah. It's a really long hashtag, but we'll try to get it. We'll, <laughs> we'll get it trending somehow. Yeah. Maybe, I'm not sure maybe, how. Maybe, uh, maybe we could do like SYGHC Junior. Oh yeah, I like yeah. that. Like, if I'm you started Smiley, we'll we'll start posting it. So absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll try okay. to get whoever on board. Yeah. And you talked a little bit about Inaba. He's had uh kind of a tough go in Noah. You know, a little bit of a slow start, and then he was injured for quite a while. Yeah. And now he's just kind of come back and he's, he's still sort of having a bit of a slow start, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you have any extended thoughts on that, but I think he's sort of still finding his, finding his feet and certainly still freelancing, whereas um, Seiki is signed. Yeah. uh, was a weird one. Yeah. Because like that guy has all the potential in the world. Like you watch his, um, his restaurant Grand Prix 2019, like run, think, oh, this guy's like, he's got it. But then it's just sometimes in his matches he don't show, he doesn't show like that inner charisma, so he's just a bit of a he does the, like his days does he lets his work do the talking, but you know to be a top top star you need to have like that little bit of 
something special about you. Like his ring, his in-ring works amazing. And I don't think he's got to show it in Noah yet properly. So, you know, maybe hopefully, well, yeah, maybe during, yeah, a bit of can we could do um, Kiyomiya <laughs> and uh, Inaba win the GHE tag titles from Marufuji and um, Muto. So, yeah. That would be a big generational match. And, you know, Inaba has been trying to build this storyline, this sort of feud tension between him and Marafuji for over yeah. a year now. It's so good. Every time they're in the ring together, there's just this really palpable tension. So you might yeah. be onto something. Yeah. Let's just hope maybe they could do a, have a singles match and that's what gets the ball rolling with him because... I think, for me, I'll, I'll always defend him because he's a wrestler one, but I know what his full potential is. I know he can be, you know, say like GHC national level. Maybe not heavyweight, but he can be GHC national uh, level easily if he's, you know, used correctly. That would be really cool. I would really love to see that. But speaking of, let's rewind it a little bit. And let's talk about Keiji Muto. I'm dying to hey. talk about Keiji Muto. <laughs> So he's hanging out in Noah too, which is a, a very hot button topic. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts on his uh, GHC run from 2021? Uh, I can't lie. I think him winning the GHC was probably like one of the best moments of the year. I know it's just like everyone saw knew he'd win, but like I'm not gonna lie. The when he the when he ran three, I was just buzzing. Like even mom told me to like shut up because I was just screaming so loud. Uh, Obviously, you know, they did what they had to do to get, you know, more fans, you know. Obviously, um, lost to Marufuji. He beat Kyobia, probably shouldn't have, but, you know, that's a story for another day. But, you know, um, obviously, he's come from a different background, so he's trained by, like, Inoki, um, maybe Sakaguchi, I'm not sure, but, you know, he's come from the old school, so, you know, some people learn from him like he's a star like you look at him he's a star i know he's 58 years old he's got a bit of a belly weird chest hair he's bold he's i don't know and he's got lots of scars in his head but you know you look at him you look at his tights everything just screams star so um anyone in noah i'm looking directly at him like i want to be you so yeah he's controversial but you can't deny that he's a star yeah, he has a massive influence, just the hold that he has over the roster, over all of his fans throughout, you know, history. A lot of people in pro wrestling today got into it because of him. So even now he just has such a huge influence and you can just really feel it in the ring. It's just a lot. It's very overwhelming almost to watch him sometimes yeah. especially in those tag matches where he's interacting with people who are a huge fan now with uh, Mara Fuji especially who was a massive fan as a child um, yeah. he's now tagging with him so yeah and I saw little tidbits of that tag title match as well he was looking very good so for old man he's there and you know collect his pension you know he's there for one you know big paycheck you know obviously he's got to provide for his family still not at the retirement age just yet you know, let the, let the old man do what he needs to do. Muto also pushes quite a bit of merch for Noah. So Yeah, th there you go. There you go. <laughs> he does a lot for Noah. He really does. Yeah. Like, obviously, it was a bit, it was a bit controversial making a 58-year-old your top guy. But, you know, it's paid its dividends, you know, financially with the merchandise. And, the, like, Budokan, I think it was, like, 4000 or something they got last year. So, you know, 
that's what they wanted from him. They got it. So, yeah. Absolutely. And switching gears from um, Mudo, let's talk a little bit about Manabu Soya, who is also yeah. in Noah. Yeah. He's, um, he's a weird one. He's weird. Because he, he's always been hit or miss with me as well. So, him, obviously, I think he's better than Inaba. Don't worry. Don't get me wrong. So, I don't want no, uh, you know, so someone like Robert screaming down my ear. Uh, yeah. Soya's good. I just think, for me, I think Noah was the wrong promotion for him. Like, he's a certified heavyweight, if you look at him. But then in Noah, like, all the heavyweights are basically juniors. So it's a weird one. And I feel like he probably should have gone to Old Japan or maybe Big Japan because they suit him more. He's, he's one of those. But he's very charismatic. So I think maybe if he wasn't in Congo, maybe more people would like him because I think he's like a natural baby face, like, if you watched him and, I don't know, Omori, they'd have their Get Wild. Or if you watched him and Lindemann at the end, they'd do the Get Wild and they'd be singing the songs. It's so, you know, you just you see it and it's very, like, uh, heartwarming. And also his, um, his soya tube with Lindemann as well. Like, there's one they go to, like, a strawberry farm and they're eating strawberries. So it's like, maybe he's in the wrong role in Nola or maybe he's in the wrong promotion. One of those, but... I think if you look at his work in AJPW and then his Wrestle One Championship runs, he's always been one of those guys where in top top matches he'll always deliver. So it's up to the book command whether whatever he wants to do with it. Or maybe he's there for you know a rainy day. Yeah, I agree. You know how much I love Congo. Um, you know how much I absolutely, and I love, I love Soya. I really do. And his attention to detail in those big tag matches is just second to none. He's just really, really fun to watch. Uh, the Congo versus DDT cyber fight festival match is honestly such a good Soya match modern because mm-hmm. it sort of exposes that charm that he had in wrestle one. And I'm, I'm with you. I'm dying to see it back. I'm really dying to see that baby face Soya again because he's just an absolute natural. And I, Big Japan was a very interesting suggestion. I would really like yeah. to see that. That would be, I don't really follow um, Big Japan, but I would definitely, I'd go there for him. <laughs> yeah. I think an interesting approach they could do is maybe him and Inomura because either, you know, they could be like a, a classic feud, you know, in the Mora getting the rope, or they could be a tag where, you know, you know, Mora gets better as he teams with Soya, and then he can run to GHE national or, you know, heavyweight, hopefully. Yeah. So that brings us uh, sort of out of Noah, and we'll get into uh, the next crop. We've already talked about most of the people that have winded up in AJPW, because for the most part, it was on fonts, but we do have one ex on fonts who ended up in there, and that would be Sego Tachibana, um, yeah. who is AJPW. I do believe he's still freelance, or has he signed? Yeah, he's freelance. Yeah, because he had a little bit of a tenure in DDT, which is yeah. how I came to be introduced to him, and mm. was charmed by his sleazy. Name. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tachibana, he's one of those, he's very unlucky as well, because I don't know why he's very, like, injury prone so for example when um so him and shuji kondo won the tag titles in 
think it was July 2019, and they were supposed to get, defend against um, Ashino and Kodama, but he got injured, and then they had to vacate the titles. Um, uh, what else? Um, and there's like there's a Ashino Kodama. I mean, yeah, Tachibana match in the Grand Prix. That's like everyone was like going mad about it. It's like, yo, this guy is actually not just a sleaze ball. He's actually like a fantastic technical wrestler. And then obviously, once Russell One closed, he had that uh, weird feud with the uh, Yusuke Okada. So they had like a hair versus hair match. He went bold, and then unfortunately he got injured. And then obviously he's come back. He's doing this weird stuff with Yoshitatsu. Don't know what exactly it is, but I feel like him. I think if I could, I'd swap him and Soya, maybe like him in either like. Um, DDT or Noah, like say, I don't know, him and uh, the 50 Funky Powers or Masai Noe, like I know um, certain you know, comedy matches are there for, you know, uh, just relax for a bit. So I think that he'd have a lot of good form there. Well, now I'm really stuck on the idea of just a pure swap where we get Sego Tachibana in Congo, because I think that'd yeah. be great. Like yeah. he just squats in right next to Keno. Just yeah. As the, the and, yeah, he could be just like, I don't know, uh, say, yeah. Uh, Oshiozaki tries to Larry Kano and then she just pushes the <laughs> Tajiwana the way. That'd be like perfect flow for him. That'd be yeah, great. I'm, yeah, I'm a little obsessed with it. It's pretty yeah. great. It's yeah. a, pretty great. Um, yeah. Nozawa, get in touch with Smiley. Uh, yeah. That's <laughs> at Smiley underscore. <laughs> and, um, no, so I think that would be a really great uh, solution to some of the booking problems. But in an ideal world, of course. So we're getting down to the very bottom of our list, but someone else we wanted to ask you about is Kaz Hayashi, who's over at Blate now. Yep. President. president. Uh, (laughs) Mr. President. (laughs) Mr. President. Yeah. Oh, man. Love that guy. Um, Yeah. Him and like Ito, Soma, they all got their stuff really great and couldn't be going better at this point. For me, like obviously, you know, um, great new promotion, you know, clean slate, you know, away from maybe like the failure of Wrestle One, it's his own journey now. And I think like him and Seema like in charge of like the uh, deep wrestling shows, which everyone loves. So uh can't say good uh, enough good things about him to be honest with you, because that guy, he basically him and Kondo basically carry Wrestle One, they train the rookies, book the promotion. They're very, 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 very selfless. Like, he was one title away from winning basically every title. But obviously, he lost to Miro Shunaka. I think he lost to, like, Mazada as well. So, him and Kondo, I can't say enough good things about him. I know this thing about Shinji Kondo as well, but obviously, Team 246, they come as a pair. So, you know... Yeah, even though it's not a Wrestle 1 match, if you are listening to this and you haven't seen either one of them, watch their match on um, YouTube. It's from All Japan Pro Wrestling. I think it's going to be on the Garo Sports channel for the Junior Heavyweight title match. Probably the best ever AJPW Junior Heavyweight title match. And anyone, so that anyone there just can be fans instantly. Wow, that is huge praise. <laughs> yeah, um, I, just, I just love those two. So on that uh, emotional high, let's sort of get into a little bit of a sticky situation and talk about uh, Jiro Kuroshio, who is currently yeah. with WWE. So what are your thoughts on that? Um, how do you feel about 
what's going on over there if you've kept an eye on it? Uh, I haven't kept an eye, but I think his team with Kushida, which is kind of cool because they're both uh, trained by Tajiri, which I don't think a lot of people know. Uh, obviously, it was his goal. Some, you know, not every Japanese wrestler wants to wrestle for like uh, New Japan or whatever. You might want to dip their toes in WWE. Sort of tough for them as well. Uh, it's like, you no. Know, Wacky wrestler, he wears these freaking amazing blazers. So good, so so good. Um, if he, as long as he's happy, that's that's all that matters. Yeah, absolutely, a huge, a huge deal. As long as he's happy, and he does look very happy. Every picture yeah. I've seen him, he's been really delightful. I think I've only seen one or two like scenes from NXT where he's at right now. But he's looked like he's had a really good time. And it was really interesting, actually. I did not know that they were both trained by Tajiri. Yeah. It's very charming. Yeah, I didn't I know that, that either. It's a good fact. Mm-hmm. Thank you. All right. So what I want to ask you next, Smiley, is about All Japan. I've been really excited about this because so much has happened in All Japan even since we set up this meeting to talk with you. So there's a lot that I want to get into with you. I'm sure you have a lot of thoughts and feelings for coming off of three major departures out of All Japan, Zeus, um, Naya Nomura, and also uh, Koji Iwamoto. So those are three major losses for um, the company. And um, there's just so much going on with the state of booking. Jake Lee um, has been injured. He's going to be out for several months and he's returned to the Triple Crown, which is just devastating. Um, So all that in mind, um, Smiley, how do you feel about the general state of things in all Japan right now? The booking, what, what, what are your feelings? Um, Okay. So I would say based on the atmosphere, it does not look good. Um, obviously, I know Zeus left, left for a decent reason, so you know, and they seem on good terms with him. So maybe it's not the end of him in all Japan wrestling, but maybe the end of the affiliation. Uh, Normal is a weird one because obviously, in the match against um, Yuma, I'm not gonna lie, he looked so good, but like, he looked like the old Normal. I was like, why are you leaving? Because maybe it's to go to Akiyama and DDT. Or some are saying um, that he doesn't know how healthy he is, so he doesn't know if he could do a full-time schedule. So if it's if it's um, to do with the health thing, then no. Like I said, I'll keep saying this, but it's better to be safe than sorry. I don't want him to get injured again because um, his like his burning spirit is just missing in all Japan. Like you could tell for the moment he stepped into the ring and had the match with Yuma. You could just say, "Oh, this is what I was missing." Uh, if it's to go with the uh, Akiyama in DDT, then it's just sort of a part of my language, another kick in the bubbles for them, because it's just, they, uh, not, uh, well, I think everyone knows this, but it's just a weird situation, because they basically threw out Akiyama, because they thought um, he's not, like, you know, getting the full potential of all Japan. And then the guys that liked him are going to follow him. So, you know, obviously their roster was thin, at the start of 2021, but, you know, 2022, this is uh, probably like 10 people signed now at the max. So um, based on the booking, though, I would say that the, the like, up until Champions Night 1, it's probably, uh, for me, his best promotion of the year because, you know, they had Jake Lee win the Triple Crown, which they needed to do, like, had to be last year. And they had... Um, uh, Francesco Akira winning the Junior Battle of Glory. Obviously, that was, say, I think it was two years 
basically his anniversary in all Japan. So he came from rookie to, you know, certified great wrestler. You know, you had the Jun Kasai run. I think a lot of people forgot about that. Um, what else? The Yuma and Kento Tiger Rain. Um, the Champion Carnival, which is brilliant. And that was like a, a freedom of adrenaline into all Japan. Like I saw a lot of people talking about the matches. Uh, but then obviously, unfortunately, I don't know what happens with Jake Lee, but wherever he seems to go, bad luck follows him. No, Arsenal match. Obviously, I don't think that was meant to happen. I think it was supposed to be a Shujishikawa. No, no one bought Arsenal winning. Uh, I mean, they sold out the show, but... And then, obviously, I think the Royal Road, and I forgot to mention Suwama, he got COVID, so Jake Lee's big win was uh, not really a big win. Um, yeah. The Royal Road was so... For me, that was like perfect where I needed to be. But then at the same time, you don't believe Swarm is going to take the title of Jake Lee. Um, you know, I think as well, obviously it was unfortunate, but, you know, they had three Jake and Kento matches. So people were probably kind of sick and tired of it. Even though their matches are amazing, like that match is currently my match of the year for 2021. It was just um, like as well, like the attendance wasn't what it was for Champions Night 1. So, and that was their biggest match. So maybe the feeling was, oh, maybe we don't want to see the same old. And then obviously, real world tag league happened, needed to happen anyways. Maybe I would have had my boys win just for that advice. I know, that's <laughs> one loud and proud. Uh, obviously, and then, you know, Jake Lee gets injured, which is uh, unfortunate. And I just feel, I, I don't care how you feel about him as a wrestler, but as a human, you just got to feel sorry for that guy because, no. I know he said it with Jesse, his, his champion carnival final win, empty crowd, no one there, no one sees his big win over Kento, no, where he surpasses him. So what, uh, Champions Night won, he's supposed to beat Suwama, Suwama gets COVID, no, he beats human Kento, I mean, he beats Kento in like 10 minutes, basically squashes him, but it's just, it's not the same as a singles match. And then, you know, obviously the title run itself may be like, Ishikawa got COVID, so he probably wasn't he was probably supposed to face him. And just, I don't know. What's, it's just, whatever whatever you do, just hope he has a good 2022. Because uh, it's just, I don't, it's just, I feel sorry for him. I, just, I don't know where it went wrong, but something goes wrong. So He's I think, though, it, it's just, yeah, it's just bad luck. It's just bad luck. Yeah, yeah and, we uh, actually, we did talk about that at length with our uh, very first episode with Jesse. Yeah, you guys want to yeah. go back and listen to that. Um, but it is definitely something to hope for in 2022. Yeah. Uh, he posted a picture. I think his barber actually posted a picture. His barber <laughs> posted a photo of him. <laughs> and he, he, he looked shaved. Really good. He's so swollen, but he looks okay. He was kind of smiling. So it seems like he might be okay, but it's still just so heartbreaking like I was telling Rachel I think last night when we were watching the Budokan that um I used to think that like maybe uh Tetsuya Naito was like the most cursed wrestler in in Pearl but I don't actually think it's Naito anymore I think it might be Jake Lee <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Jake Lee the worst thing is they're two of my boys like Naito's my favorite wrestler of all time and then Jake Lee this is the guy I was like I was happy like I know it was the end of on fans was like yeah this is Jake Lee's time but you know has oh, happened. No. Has happened. No. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, it's, it's just, it's so upsetting. It doesn't really, um, it, it's not the note that all Japan needed to end on in 2021. I mean, just, it's just blow after blow. And like you said, Smiley, Zeus leaving is not necessarily like this negative thing. Zeus is leaving to restart Osaka Pro. And that could yeah. end up paying dividends for all Japan um, because there might even be a relationship there. Um, they might yeah. be able to do some shows together, which would be really nice. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that that's something I've read or something that I think is going to happen, but I think that there could be at least some sort of relationship there. And certainly yeah. if Zeus is not leaving on bad terms um, that we know of, maybe Zeus will come back and do occasional shows for all Japan. We don't, we certainly yeah. don't know. Um, but with the other departures with Iwamoto seemingly being very unhappy um, yeah. with not being able to sort of break the glass ceiling that he's um, coming up against now in all Japan. And then with um, Nomura, just um, again, we don't know if he's if he's not feeling like his health is where it needs to be, or yeah. we don't know if he needs to join or if he wants to join Akiyama in um, in DDT. You know, now with um, with New Burning starting up mm. in DDT, um, there is some rumor that perhaps we're going to see Nomura join DDT and be a part of that stable to be with um, Akiyama. So yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of rumor to that, but. Um, certainly this is all not where we thought all Japan would end the year after finally getting Jake Lee to the top of the mountain. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to talk about Iwamoto, but mm-hmm. uh, he's a weird one because for me, obviously, I think for the like the native fans, he's going to be a big loss because I think he's very well liked. But I think he's achieved all he can achieve in all Japan. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, uh, all Asia tag title reigns, junior battle of glory, um, I don't know if he won. I think he won the tag one with Chajiri of all people, which is funny. Yeah. Uh, I think like <laughs> 2017. Uh, obviously, I think he had three or four um, junior title reigns. It's just that he's small. Like he's smaller than Arsenal, and Arsenal's that uh, looks small to like Suwama and Shujishikawa. So I never really thought he'd be like, I don't know, some people say like Triple Crown Challenger, but I don't. Think anyone sees that? Even Tajiri, who's a junior, I don't think you know. There's a you know lens you can go to, but I don't think that's possible. Like maybe they could have done world tag with Arsenal or something. Or, but I've heard that he wanted to join Great, which is probably probably for the best, anyways. You know, a new challenge for him as well. So, and then at the same time, sort of forces all Japan to you know look at their younger stars. So obviously. Atsuki, uh, Dantamura, and Okuto Mori, those three, they're, they're, like, they're more than ready for, you know, the big title reigns and stuff. Like, if you see, like, all of them from when they debuted to now, there's, like, a big difference. So, like, like Atsuki is just, he's, like, basically he's the junior version of his you know, brother. And, you know, they're both just stars. So, that's the way to go forward if I'm Old Japan. And with Nomura, I know, Smiley, when this all was first announced, you and I had a brief Twitter interaction and you were just like, I don't want to see Nomura anywhere but all Japan. But if he's able to wrestle again and he's not going to come back to all Japan, I mean, where would you and let's 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 just even take aside the fact that he might be joining that he could he could join his mentor in Akiyama and DDT. Let's take that away. And where would you want to see him ideally based on his style? Ooh, style. That's that's so hard. Maybe... um... I don't think it'll ever happen, but probably the closest you come to all Japan pro wrestling stars, probably um, Big Japan, as he's quite a big wrestler anyways. So, mm-hmm. 
probably there or Noah, but at the same time, he's bigger than most of the Noah wrestlers. So, you know, he'll make them look smaller than they already are. So, yeah. True. True. And um, another question for you, because again, there's just so many moving parts uh, to what is going on in all Japan right now. We have a vacant um, Triple Crown Championship, and there's a lot of different ways that all Japan can go with this based on um, prior booking patterns. But um, who do you think should have that belt next? Um, I, I treated this. <laughs> I know you saw it as well. Mm-hmm. But for me, for me, has has to be Yuma Yagi now. But mm-hmm. he's more than ready. Um, like I don't know if you can really find a fault in that guy. Um, he's just like the perfect all Japan pro wrestler. Like I know I love Ashino, I love Miyahara, I love Suwama, but you know, it's Yuma's time to shine. Like, their time can come at a different time. So uh, plus I don't want to see Ashino lose another big trip crown match. I don't think my heart can take that, you know. I've already seen him lose three, uh, you know, fourth. I was hoping third one be the charm, but you know, fourth, fourth one, fourth dagger is just you know a bit too much right now. I agree with you. I think that if Ashino were to challenge again so soon after his three um, challenges for the Triple Crown, it's just way too soon. I think that there just needs to be more time for him to sort of have a little more time with the tag titles. He'll lose those eventually down the line, but he just needs more time to find his feet in the the promotion. And then I think that Yuma could easily drop it to Ashino um, from there. Yeah, I was also um, going to say, I was like, well, the Yuma idea is a really solid one. And you, yeah. you have this sort of rivalry building with yeah. uh, Yuma and Ashino, which did fantastic, fantastic matches, fantastic. Yeah, matches yeah, between those the two of them. Two, I would those, absolutely yeah. love to see uh, Shotaro take that belt from, yeah. from Yuma in this this perfect world. Again, Smiley's just a really good booker. Somebody please just. Yeah, this is, yeah, old Japan if you, yeah, if you want some ideas to Jerry, you know, I know you speak a little bit of English, you know, come my way. I'm here to help you. And again, again, to Jerry, if you are listening, it is at smiley underscore 1932. So. <laughs> yeah. so moving on from that, we did talk a little bit about some other promotions. I know you mentioned that Naito was a big ride or die, things like that. But what are you yeah. watching right now? You said you dipped so, your toe in everywhere. So yeah, yeah. So um Right now, so 2021, I would say, obviously, all Japan. I watched them great as well. So, obviously, you know, because they have my guys too, so I've got to support them. Um, Dragon Gate, and um, well, I, was, I was thinking of watching Joshi Wrestling, so most of my mutuals on Twitter watch um, Seedling, and I've had a, had a good time watching that because they're just... Uh, great wrestlers and you get at least one great match every show and I also dip my toes in stardom as well so I've been watching like the big shows I haven't watched like I don't know a random Korokun or any of those random house shows that they probably put on their channel but yeah and also if Zero One appears on Samurai I'll watch that too Okay. Have any, uh, that was really interesting about you sort of getting into Joshi and everything like that. Have uh, any wrestlers sort of popped up with you in this past year, 2021? So, yeah, for me, top two would be um, Arisa Nakajima um, and Nanai Takahashi. She's left seeding, that was her promotion. Um, obviously, I've mentioned uh, Asuka before, but she was there and she was a champ for a bit. 
and she won the tag titles and she's won it again in the last show. So those those three are the main three. If you've watched a match of theirs, you can't go wrong, basically. Yeah, Asuka definitely is one that I'm familiar with and she's got a real star quality. So that's yeah. really cool. Um, since we are at the beginning of the year, I keep uh, going back to 2021. But what was a feud that really jumped out at you? Oh, a feud. Oh, um, uh, for me, I don't know if a lot of people watch it, like the Western fan base is quite small, but for me it was um, Masquerade versus R.E.D. So I knew you like, were talking about it with Jesse about the uh, big t- the big mask change. So yeah. That was like the climax of it. So, yeah, I'd say that was the one feud because mainly they were like feuding with each other throughout the whole year. Whereas like some other promotions, there'll be, you know, switches. So it was not, you know, it's probably like a three month program, whereas these lot were from like basically beginning to end. So, and obviously you got some quality wrestling as well. So, you know, basically what you want and need from a rivalry. It's really cool. Yeah, there looks like there's a lot of big drama sort of brewing yeah. from that feud and from the fallout of that feud. I have no idea what's going on, but it definitely <laughs> looks very tense. So it's yeah. uh, very, very interesting. It's really cool that it grabbed you. Thank you. And if you watch Russell One as well, um, the failed ace, if you want to call him that, Kai is now their Open the Dream Gate champion. So he's their top guy now. So, you know, he's getting his big break, second biggest promotion in Japan. So, you know, let's, let's, uh, let's root behind him. If you watch, if you're like, you know, like me, Russell One, till, <laughs> till I die. If you're like me, then, you know, get, get the flags out, support him. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for throwing that in there. I totally, we totally missed him in our alumni stuff. So that's really, yeah. that was really shocking. I did not expect him to yeah. uh, win yeah. the dream game from their, their big ace. So. Yeah. Uh, most people were thinking he'd leave after the show. I was like, yeah, come back to old Japan. But, and then I woke up, I was like, yeah, he's the champion. I was like, okay, I gotta watch this. Yeah. I heard a lot of rumors of him going to Glate. Like everyone yeah. was just so sure, so sure he was going to end up in bulk orchestra or yeah. Yeah. wherever, perfect, uh, yeah, which yeah. as fun as that seems, it yeah. was very cool. It was a really uh, different direction. So yeah, definitely. If you guys are Wrestle One fan or have become a Kai fan through watching Dragon Gate and you want to go find out more about Wrestle One, then you definitely know who to hook up with, with Smiley. So. Yep. All right, and that is actually all of the questions that we had for you today, Smiley. Thank you again so much for taking the time to speak with us. We had so much fun. This was awesome. And can you remind everyone where they can find you and where they can find your work archiving W1? So um, you can find me on Twitter at Smiley underscore 1932. Um, if you want uh, the archive, just uh, message me. My message is open for people who aren't mutual anyways. So, yeah, just drop me a message. I'll send it your way. And uh, you will get a lot of progress love coming in your direction. Because I've now finished all the 2017 shows. So, you know, uh, about three, four, three, four years. And then the first, well, last quarter of 2013. So lots of stuff for you to watch. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again. Keep the progress love alive. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. <laughs> thank you so much for listening and supporting Kickout 299. Please do us a favor and rate and follow us on Spotify. Once we hit 50 followers, we will do a giveaway. So spread the word. And if you are looking for us, you can find us on Twitter at Kickout 299. 
And if you are looking for me, Rachel, you can find me on Twitter at Milky Star. That's M-I-I-K-Y-S-T-A-R. And of course, if you want to get in touch with Alicia, that is at Shiranui Kai with two eyes. You can also find our e-zine at kickout299.wordpress.com. And please make sure to take down our email address. That's kickoutat299 at gmail.com. Please feel free to submit us questions. We'll perhaps read them um, on the next podcast episode. And if you would like to be on the podcast or submit something in terms of an article for the e-zine or any other media, please get in touch with us by using that email or DMing us on Twitter. Absolutely. We look forward to hearing from you guys. And of course, we look forward to you joining us for future episodes. We've got a lot of really fun stuff planned. We've got an episode coming up on Kenta and the IWGP US heavyweight title. You absolutely do not want to miss that. And we also have a really fun episode planned on factions and endotetsia. And that will be a little bit of an interview deep dive mashup with Sarah Kershak. You're really going to want to uh, subscribe, follow us on Spotify so you can keep up to date with that. Thank you all again so much for all of your support. We're truly grateful and we will talk to you soon.